Welcome to the MacauCast episode 10,000. I've lost track already. I'm very bad at numbers. Um, but uh, we are here again. Very much looking forward to doing another episode with everybody. Uh, since the last spoke, we actually have a website now. Before we were just uh, relying on um, po people's podcast clients. But there is the world's simplest website at uh, macaucast.com. So uh, make it a little bit easier on folks if they um, want to find it or... Don't want to just don't, maybe don't want to subscribe. Just want to listen to some of the episodes. You can do that there as well, which is awesome. But um, before we dive into today, I think we can have a, a fun conversation. Wanted to say hello to uh, to both Eric and Han. How are you guys doing? Doing well, man. How are you? Doing well. It is not to cliche talk about the weather, but in Southern California, we don't get a lot of rain. It it's been raining, which is great because a we need water because we don't have any. And, you know, it's also just kind of nice. So I, uh, I've been appreciating the weather. We are getting unseasonably warm weather in Chicago. So I don't know what that, you know, whether I should be happy about that or not. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that seems good for January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, we are lucky today to have a special guest with us to dive into some of our topics. Uh, Bethany, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for being here. Maybe tell the folks uh, that are listening a little bit about about you, what you do, and what you're interested in, and that sort of thing. Awesome. Thank you for having me, guys. Um, okay, so I am a miles and points travel blogger, and I basically figure out how to travel the world for points on the dollar, and one of my favorite activities is gambling. So I've had a lot of practice um, traveling to Vegas, Atlantic City, and this will actually be my first time to Macau. Bethany, what, what, which one are you better at, gambling or accumulating points? Oh, uh, I'm going to say gambling. Oh. I've been doing it longer. Okay. All yeah. right, all right, all right. <laughs> I'm very good at gambling. Oh, I'm so good at it. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> we probably all are <laughs> or at least we know what we're doing it doesn't mean we're good at it i uh not to digress into total sad land i don't think i've had a good like winning gambling trip for so long i can't even remember so wah, wah, that means you're but, due uh, yes yeah, see that's how it works right <laughs> well i think today um you know one of the reasons that we wanted to have bethany on was to talk about um reward travel points etc this is a an area that i am very under knowledge is that a word um uh, i don't know much about um and so i'll rely on you guys to to dive in and and tell folks a little bit about what the, how this stuff works and uh all that good stuff so i'll turn it over to to you guys and educate me so i think one of the largest barriers to a trip to macau um for most Americans, assuming you're looking to fly up front, uh, is the cost. And like many of these trips, um, if you know your way around and you can navigate the systems, you can um, fly for free. I think I mentioned on the first episode the retail price of my airfare was like $8,400, and I would never spend that to get anywhere. Uh, but thanks to Bethany, um, I didn't really have to pay much of anything at all. It was a lot of points, but um, no cash. Uh, Bethany, why don't you tell us a little bit about some of your uh, tips and tricks and of uh, ways for people like me to get to Macau for nothing? Okay, so first I'm curious, how many people who are going to Macau, let's say just in this group alone, are dead set on flying up front? I am. Me. <laughs> I, I mean, dead set? I don't know. I mean, would I not go if I couldn't? Uh, no, it would not be a qualifier for me. But having done the trip um, to Hong Kong back and forth once and through other parts of China another time not sitting up front, it is really uncomfortable and yeah. sucks. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I guess if you're willing to sit in the back, you're probably more likely to go to Vegas or a more local casino. Because who wants to do 25 hours in coach? It's right? It really does suck. Uh, Macau, uh, I guess it's a testament to how much I appreciate Macau. So I'm heading back for the third time and am willing to, to sit anywhere inside the plane, more or less, as long as I get there <laughs> wow. safe and sound. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I'll, you know, help fly the plane if I can sit somewhere else. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So a little bit of, like, what we do. Um, and 
Don't let Han fool you. He's a pretty good uh, travel hacker in his own right when it comes to flights. Quite possibly a little bit better than me as far as knowing everything about the alliances and where to mm, transfer points. I don't know about and that. Okay. Well, all right. We can argue about who's worse one day. But, um, okay, so basically a little bit about what I do is I find ways to get cheaper everything. So I, if let's say I want to fly first class to Macau. I'm trying to figure out what airline points are going to get me there and how do I get them. Usually in our industry, you get them through credit card signups or you get them through traveling. Somebody who travels for business, for example, like Eric, I think one year did uh, – the top tier in United, right, Eric? Just for traveling. For uh, pretty much, yeah. Currently. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a lot of miles and points that you racked up over the year. And then what we do is we take these miles and points and we transfer them to other programs and figure out how to get the bougiest flight for the least miles. And we use uh, airline alliances. Like Eric is using Star Alliance, so he is using points or miles from one program to book a flight on another airline within that same alliance. Just to clarify, Bethany, how bougie are we talking? (laughs) Well, you and I are pretty bougie. You're talking about bougie as F, right? That's correct. Thank you. Okay. Oh, oh, bougie AF. Hashtag Okay. All right. We can move on. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. I'm thinking to myself, I know we're pretty bougie. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so basically we're just finding ways to arbitrage our money and not spend as much but get the maximum value for a dollar. Like Eric was saying, his retail flight would have been like $8,000, but his opportunity cost there was probably like $1,000. Right. So we, can, can you explain that? I mean, what what do you mean by opportunity cost there? I mean, I you know just to put it in layman's terms, like what right. what 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 do you mean by that? And and let's let's be clear about what Eric actually did. He he actually took a bunch of miles from the United program and got uh, a program on Lufthansa to go round trip in business class uh, through uh, was it Munich or I'm sorry through Munich out yeah yep. Mm-hmm. yep to Hong Kong and then back. So that's that seems like a pretty good deal. And uh, how many? Um, I think it was a hundred and fifty round trip. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So what is the? What do you mean by the opportunity cost in that example? Well, so I'm assuming he's using either miles that he earned from flying or miles that he earned from spending on a credit card. Eric, which yes. do you use? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both. Yeah. That's like most of us, yeah. So when you use those miles and points for flights, you're giving up either cash back or you're giving up hotel stays or you're giving up, you know, sometimes people end up, they shouldn't, but sometimes they end up spending interest on their cards. So it could be a multitude of things. And then what he's also giving up is the opportunity to use those miles for, let's say, a you know, 15 flights on United. Sure. So, so Eric, you're, you're essentially getting your flight for, I don't know, one eighth, one ninth the cost through what you did. And uh, you're actually going because I, I assume you wouldn't be going if you're flying an economy. No, 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 definitely yeah. not. I would, when Hunter, I'll save you a seat. Yeah, no, when, when Hunter was saying like anywhere on the plane, I would rather be outside the plane than sitting in economy for 25 hours. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I did a mileage run to Hong Kong a couple months ago um, to get American Airlines status. And I very stupidly thought that premium economy would suffice. And let me tell you, the second leg of my first flight, I went in the bathroom and cried. Oh, no. Actually cried. Do you want to explain what a mileage run is? I don't know that uh, the listeners here would sure. be so familiar. Yes. So. So a mileage run is when you take a bunch of needless flights to earn status with your favorite airline. Uh, A lot of people do it with Delta. They do it with the big three, Delta, United, and American. 
So basically, at the end of the year, you have 8,000 miles, but you only need 10,000 to get to top tier status, let's say. I mean, I'm oversimplifying things, but um, where you can get free upgrades, uh, you'll get unlimited bags, you'll get priority check-in, lounge access, if you have an elite status with an airline. And it's hard to do through organic flights. It's hard to do, especially if you're just somebody who travels for vacation. So what some people will do is find a way to manipulate the system and take a cheap flight at the end of the year to get the required miles and spend that they need to get that elite status. Having done this now and understanding what premium economy felt like to Hong Kong, would you do it again? Absolutely not. No. Okay. No, I think I draw the line at crying (laughs) on the plane. (laughs) For me, that's not something I ever wanted to do again. But luckily, uh, people like us know how to do it so that they don't have to fly premium economy. It was sort of a goal for me to do it as cheaply as possible so that I could write about it for, for the blog. But it was not an experience I'm looking forward to um, repeating. I also only stayed for 24 hours, so it was it was rough. Wow, that's uh, yeah. a long way for a short time. Exactly. But that's what you do. That's the whole mileage run. It's sort of the fun in it, you know. And a lot of people, there are a lot of groups where people do it together, mm. and it's you know, it's like a fun experience. Okay. I can sort of see but, that. You know, yeah, I was on my own though. So let me let me just ask you, like. Um, is a status worth it? I mean, wh- why do you why do you need that status besides the bags and all that stuff that's free? Like, is it just like a, a badge of honor, or like do you actually get good stuff out of doing this? And and uh, is it worth worth pursuing this? Um, I'm, I, like, I personally would never do it, but right. um, but it must be something. It must be worth it to you for for some reason. Okay, well, first I was targeted for a special deal with American, where I only had to fly one fourth of the amount that you normally have to fly in the year to get their top tier um, executive platinum. So they gave me three months and they basically cut it down 75%. Now, obviously earning that status organically over a year is a lot of flying. But if you only have to do it over a three month period, it's not that bad. So I only had to do two extra, well, okay, that's not true. I had to do four flights in a day around the US and then one round trip to Hong Kong. And it cost me about $2,000. And was it worth it? I'm not quite sure because I seem to keep finding reasons not to fly (laughs) on American. (laughs) So (laughs) uh, I do think it will have been worth it next year when I am able to status match to Um, either United, Alaska, or Delta, because of that status, you can't get a status match with an airline unless you already have status. Got it, got it. Um, I also get a ton of extra miles. So anytime I pay cash, I'm getting 120% bonus on my miles. So that will definitely be worth it in years to come. Plus, I've gotten upgraded five or six times already. I'm number one on the upgrade list. I think if you're not number one on the upgrade list, I would not recommend going that crazy just to manufacture status now eric you have or you have you have had the equivalent united status oh i've got three weeks left buddy yeah don't don't, okay sorry don't don't take it from me yet (laughs) (laughs) so uh i mean again do you think this 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 kind of thing is worth pursuing is it i mean i I assume you did it through your business spending so it didn't really cost you anything more than you would have done anyway. well they don't they don't allow no that's not that's not entirely true um, but okay. the short answer is no, it's not worth it uh, for me. And the reason being is most of my flights are domestic, overwhelmingly domestic. And to just buy first class isn't that much more as long as you're shopping and you know where you're looking. So the upgrades um, that Bethany is speaking of, they're good, but I can just buy first class and not have to think about it and uh, not fly 24 hours to turn around and come home and cry yeah. in the bathroom. Although, it's <laughs> while it's unlikely I would be crying in the bathroom 
that that would definitely be where I draw the line. At that point, <laughs> it's not worth it. I, you know, uh, th- there's a um, there's an expression: "Want first, buy first. You know, the the airlines are trying to make you pay for it if you want it, but adjusted for inflation, prices are so cheap that I don't even want to. I don't even want to mess with it anymore. It doesn't matter. My uh, Star Alliance loyalty is no more. I will, in fact, be flying Delta and American in the next two weeks, and I don't wow. even think twice about it. Okay. Well, I mean, can, can we now like loop back to to the very basics? Like, let, let let's say you you have never done any of this. Yeah. Well, I, actually, I could be a good stand-in because that's basically where I'm at. So, I, I of course, I'm aware that all of this that this world exists. Um, because I'll see people post uh, links to interesting blog posts about how Person X did all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, oh, that sounds good. I want to do that too. That sounds like something I'm interested in. And, I, you know, I travel a medium amount probably compared to most people. Like I do some business travel. Not I'm not like a traveling salesman, but I do some. <laughs> and vacation travel too. So I'm probably in some kind of medium level-ish somewhere. Um, not a super ton and more than zero. Um and then I start looking at all the details, and I'm like, uh, okay, this sounds really complicated. And it's not that I – it's I, I like complicated stuff, but I have a lot of other complicated stuff in my life. So I quickly go, eh, okay, this is out. And uh, it never gets really past that very first proto stage. Hunter, can I ask you, Have do you have any – of these miles or, or points earnings cards uh, that that are that have kind of become well known over the past couple of years. Uh, yeah, I have a Amex Platinum, and um, I have. <laughs> is that bad that's or good? good. No, that's good. That's okay, good. Um, and I have shit. It's not in my wallet, so it's over on the other side of the room. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, some American Airlines, whatever. It's probably terrible. Like, so this is the other thing where I I'm not looking at them going like, oh, I should get this, and that's part of it. I mean, I spend money on credit cards just like everybody else, right? Like, I my life is a constant Amazon delivery zone. But I'm I'm sure that I am not strategically doing any of this stuff. So Bethany, like, what what, what would you say? You know, Hunter doesn't seem to have. Well, what I would consider the the best card you need from the Chase family, like like, like what would you recommend oh, he start? This is where we how, disagree. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> so how how would how would someone like Hunter like where should he begin? He has a platinum card. That's great. But like, what what else should he add to his wallet so that he can earn miles faster and get to get to Macau cheaper? Okay, so is it okay if we use Hunter as kind of a yeah? Case I'm perfect because to... I don't know anything. Okay. Perfect in every way, okay, Hunter. Okay, so let me ask you. Thank you. Perfect. Can't wait to meet you. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you, what are your favorite airlines? Do you find that you fly certain airlines more than others? What, which airlines do I hate the least is probably a better way of okay, putting it. that's fair. Well, I don't know. So um, I end up flying American. So I live in Santa Barbara, California. We have a very small airport. So there's not a lot of options to get the places that I need to go. Um, okay. I end up flying American semi-often because we have family in phoenix which is not a long flight so uh but they're the only ones that fly there from here so that's somewhat common um and i guess the only other airline that i'm spending any significant time on is probably united uh but again it's mostly just because in our tiny ass little airport there's just not a lot of options okay and obviously well not obviously are you signed up for their loyalty yes yes i definitely yes 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 Okay, and so you're a little familiar with, um, like, mileage award flights. Yep, sure. I get my okay. little statements in my email and all that kind of good stuff, so okay. vaguely familiar. Now, how do you pay for the flights? Um, like, how do, like, how do I, like, I'll whip out whatever credit card is handy and throw that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it's undisciplined, I guess, is maybe the right answer to that. I don't, I don't have much of a strategy. So why do you have a platinum card? Um, I've had it forever. I've used the concierge stuff benefits from time to time but it's somewhat of a of a just i've just kind of always had it and so i keep keeping it okay and do you use the um the credits like the airline credits and the uber credits and all that um some of some of them yes uh not not everything i feel like i probably aren't uh i'm probably not taking advantage of everything that i should be um partially out of laziness and apathy but uh yeah Okay, so you're paying $600 a year for a card that you're not quite sure that you're definitely using to its maximum. I They're they're getting the better end of this deal, I'm pretty sure. Okay, it sounds like yeah. it. 
<laughs> okay, so did you know that your platinum card earns five times the, the points on flights? I did not know that. Okay, so I think simple as that, that's where you start. Okay. Every time you well, end up paying for a flight, yeah, just use that. you use your platinum Yeah, why not? Card, right? Yep. Yes, so then, like for example, I just did a $1,000 um, airline purchase. I'm getting 5,000 miles, uh, 5,000 membership rewards points, which is Amex's points program. Um, what you can then do once you've racked up enough points, which you probably have over the years, is transfer them to airlines for, I mean, let's say you're going to transfer 75K for like a flight sure. like Eric did, right? Um, he's going to fly up front, first class or business, for 75K points just because he used his Amex card for 25 or what is it? 15,000 in purchases. Okay, wow. That sounds like a good deal. It's a great deal. Um, and then Han mentioned Chase Reserve. Yeah, Sapphire Chase. Reserve. Yeah, yep. which is I know everyone loves so much, but I don't totally know why. I don't have one, so, you know, uh, I'm sure I'm... But yes, I remember when that came out and people were like, this is the second coming of plastic. <laughs> or is it even made of plastic? I don't even know. It's, it's metal. It metal. Yeah, it's Okay. Metal. Okay. <laughs> I'm not as impressed with that as I am with the platinum card, so I think you're definitely in a good uh, you're in a good situation. It's just about figuring out where you should put your spend and how to strategically get the most points for the amount that you're going to spend anyway. But, but Hunter, if you if you get that card, you could get fifty thousand points for spending four thousand dollars in three months, and they're yeah. like just just like that, you have this huge cache of of points that you can use. And let's say you do that and. Your wife does that. You, you guys are both flying up front uh, at least one way uh, to mm -hmm. Asia, um, you know, with a little with a little bit of other purchases. Uh, and there's other ways to earn these points um, without spending really the money. hurting yourself yep. too much. Yeah, without spending the money. You, know? you guys can duke it out as far as which card is better. I'm certainly not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not in a place to uh, to have an opinion either way. It sounds like though. Um, even by being slightly more disciplined, I could do myself a big favor. It takes a little bit of incremental change to make big differences. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm going to come off sounding like such an idiot when people listen no. to this. But um, that's no, okay. Most... I'm willing to be, be the dope that uh, stand in for other folks. No, Hunter, well. most, most people don't know this. Most people do not pay attention to this. Well, the thing that always kind of gets me, like, that where my interest kind of dissolves is I, I know that there's theoretical benefit but um, I start looking at all the details and like all the complex schemes. Maybe that sounds like a pejorative, but what, whatever. But just the people come up with some what to me as an outsider look like these crazy plans to move this over here and then do this over here and then jump on one leg and then you know this thing happens. You over mean here. like flying to Hong Kong to turn around and come home and cry in the bathroom <laughs> oh, for status? <laughs> okay, so so here's here's what I'll tell you. Yes, there are schemes out there, and there are things that probably Bethany, Han, and I do that you would not be interested in doing. But just that incremental change, if you just take the one example that Bethany gave you of just moving your airline spend onto your uh, platinum card and moving those points over to the carrier you know, as appropriate, um, I, I mean, that alone probably gets you a few flights a year. Fair enough. No, it sounds so. What you're saying is you don't have to jump in and do and into the deep end of the pool. You can get a, at least I don't know a medium amount of benefit for a small amount of change in behavior. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can get a huge yeah. amount of benefit for a small amount of change. A absolutely. I mean, if you listen to let's say the travel fanboy, you no, know, he he he's um, and he used to be the Vegas fan. Hashtag influencer. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you listen to his podcast, he, you know he he prides himself on being lazy and uh, <laughs> and not not being uh, like a points uh, fanatic like some of us are, and and yet he can he shows you how to earn. Uh, miles and points in, in in a reasonable amount of uh, you know in a little reasonable fashion where you're not like constantly checking every little purchase that you do now um, I, I think he has a, a kind of a good approach because I think you know people do get overwhelmed by like all these charts and, and schemes that as you as you point out uh, so I, I'd, I'd recommend listening to some of his podcasts because I think he's he's a really good advocate for beginners 
don't don't get me wrong. I'm impressed by um, what I see. Some of the things people do, like, oh, I moved this over here and did this and did that, and I got all this stuff. I'm like, wow, that sounds impressive. It just sounds incredibly complicated, and um, maybe I'm wrong about that, but it it seems like uh, it it can really you really got to know a lot. It, it at least from my perspective, it seems like you really got to know a lot of arcane details in order to make the whole thing work. There's an opportunity. Yeah, so Bethany mentioned opportunity cost, right? There's an opportunity cost to your time. There's an opportunity cost to um, your effort in learning these things. You do not need to become an expert. You just need to, again, make incremental changes that will give you a large benefit. And I think yeah. you could probably have a one-off conversation uh, with Han or Bethany about your spend and about what you do and uh, maybe about what credit cards might benefit you. And I'm pretty sure you or anybody listening could join us in Macau and not have to think about the flight cost or even the hotel cost for that matter. Absolutely. Because, Eric, you're, you're using the Platinum card, in a sense, to book all your hotels, right? And you're using a special feature of, of the Platinum card to do this, right? Yeah, yeah, fine hotels and resorts. Um, so this is going to turn into a, a commercial for Amex. I, I hope they're sponsoring us. <laughs> they should. <laughs> I always say they should sponsor me. <laughs> Didn't Verizon uh, you know, uh, sponsor the previous run? Yeah, we had a, lo- a long-standing joke with the last podcast. We mentioned Verizon so often that we uh, <laughs> claimed they were sponsoring us. They did not, unfortunately. Mm. Well, I, not, yeah, not anyway. yet. Not yet. It's still early. Not yet. Love the aspiration. That's it. That's it. Uh, So um, if there's anybody who's a bigger fan than I of uh, Amex and uh, fine hotels and resorts, it would be Bethany. So do you uh, do you want to take this? Uh, Sure. Okay. so what Eric is talking about is a hotel booking program that Hunter, you are paying. Yeah, I get the brochures. They send me like glossy mailer things sometimes. Yep. That's part of your platinum benefits. Basically, what it does is, and it's especially great for gamblers uh, who like to go to Vegas. How so? Uh, Okay, so basically what you get when you book a hotel through, uh, let's just call it FHR from now on, is a suite of benefits that you're not going to get otherwise, and you're still paying the same price that you would pay through a third-party booking service like Hotels.com or if you book direct with the hotel. Uh, You're getting a $100 amenity. Sometimes it's a food credit, sometimes it's a spa credit, sometimes it's a, an entertainment credit, whatever it is. You're getting early check-in, late checkout, an, avail- uh, an availability upgrade. So basically that means if they have upgrades available, you'll get one. Uh, what am I missing, guys? Uh, breakfast for two. Yes, thank you. And you get breakfast for two every day of your stay. What people who go to Vegas like to do is find a friend who has a platinum card and switch off each day so that uh. you're getting the $100 credit every single day. Now, I booked the Sky Suites in Aria this summer for, there was also an Amex offer that I used and I stacked them, um, but my net effective cost each night for the Sky Suites was about $200. Wow, that's a good deal. Yeah, yeah it was great. Awesome. And I got the penthouse upgrade. Wow. Oh my and gosh, I, yeah, nice. Yes. It was so, amazing. Um, I'm sorry okay. to interrupt. So, uh, but you don't have to swing for the fences for that kind of stuff. No. So just to give you an idea, um, usually my stays in Vegas are comp, but through FHR, sometimes paying for a room is cheaper than comp. I've had a number of stays at Delano where the room was like $80 a night, and you get that $100 credit plus the breakfast for two. So they're effectively paying me to stay there. So anytime that that comes up, that's an automatic book. I don't even, and you don't have to worry about your play. If Jim Mern is listening, you can pay me to stay at your hotel anytime. (laughs) (laughs) That's stage three of PGP. All right, well, what else? So, okay, so for a neophyte like me, um, what else should I be looking for, paying attention to? uh, What are the, you know... It sounds like even by consolidating spend on a on sort of the right card, you can go a long way. But is there anything else that uh, doesn't require uh, you know a, a degree in uh, travelology that uh, might might be worth looking into? 
Yeah, I think that one of the things that people who don't really want to get involved in overlook is just a few simple um, resources. For example, there are a few websites that will spoon feed you on where you should either credit your miles or where you should spend your your dollars if you want to go on a certain, like for example, awardhacker.com. If you were to go to that site and put in, I want to go from New York to Macau, it will tell you every single program that flies to Macau from New York, how many miles you need and how to book it. Just like that. And I mean, what? It takes just Googling what's a good resource for award booking. And I think that's the other important thing is that I know like Han and I do this. I'm sure Eric does it too. We Google uh, best ways to get to Macau on miles. You have no idea how simple it is to follow somebody else's instructions because they've already done the work for you. And for every popular destination, there's at least 10 posts on how to do it the most effectively. And some of them really spoon feed people on how to get the miles and how to use them. Is that like evergreen-ish content where, I mean, the, I always, some of this stuff, how, I guess what I'm asking is how often does this stuff change where some of that may no longer be valid or, you, you know what I mean? Like someone wrote an article three years ago. Is that still good advice? Um, it's still a good place to start, but but why not just go to the next one that was written six months ago? Okay, so what you're saying is that it's an active enough area where people are constantly, you know, putting in their two cents on how they did X, Y, and Z. Because okay. once it changes, there's some travel blogger who is now making their name on that change. Those are some of the posts that do the best. You know, 10 ways to get to Maldives on miles and points. So I think those are probably the simplest ways that don't require much effort, if any, you know. Uh, sure, it, it requires you to use the right card or, um, you know, have your spouse put. That's like a big issue in our business is people say, my spouse doesn't want anything to do with this. How do I get them to? I say, just give them the card <laughs> and write on the back, you know, use this for airlines. Use this for department stores, whatever it is. Right. So, it, wait, if correct me if I've got this wrong, but it, you know, for someone that's um, really getting into this sort of thing, and you're like, use this card for this, use this card for that, they're saying, yeah, my spouse doesn't care. They don't want to deal with this. Um, how do I convince them to uh, to use the right thing for the right, you know, for the right thing? Yeah, I mean, my my uh, solution is to give one card. And say, use this for all the purchases. That's easy. That's it. Nice and easy. Yeah. I try to make things easy. I think that's what we do. So <laughs> there's another reason why Bethany's joining us today. It isn't just because she's a miles and points expert and a gambler. Um, Bethany, I'm going to Macau. Are you going to Macau? And when are you going to Macau? I'm going to Macau March 13th. That's incredible. Oh, no. How did that happen? You guys are going the same day? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Whoa. That's great. If these guys are going anywhere to a casino, I'm going. I I have to go. That was it. I was like I was like, you know what? If we can have fun in Indiana at was it Indiana? Mm -hmm. Yes. The horseshoe okay, hammond. So the horseshoe. If we can have like the time of our lives in Indiana hanging out, I am definitely not missing Macau. So now we can transition to a topic I know a little bit more about. I believe I know the answer to this, but have you been to Macau before? No, I have not. Okay, that's what I thought. So are are you excited? I am psyched. So psyched. Anything in particular that you're excited about or just the whole general vibe and checking it out? Uh, okay, well, there are a few things. First, I'm really excited to see the difference in culture in a casino. I've heard you guys talking about how they're not as like excited or um, cheering is not something that happens as much. It is different. Yes, those all the promo cheesy promo photos that all the Las Vegas casinos have of like people standing around a craps table like yelling and laughing and drinking their martinis and stuff. That is not a thing. It's <laughs> so crazy to me. And I've also heard that they're not big like drinking and gambling don't necessarily go hand in hand. Correct. Yeah, they, they generally speaking they seem to take gambling very seriously in the truest sense of the word. Like it's not something that should be distracted by trivial things like having fun. Wow. <laughs> that, that's been my experience, at least. Fortunately, though, 
they do the casinos do cater to uh, to to folks that do want to get a drink here and there. But it is that part is very different, especially you know the demeanor at the tables and also the sort of absence of uh, the cocktail waitresses going through the hotel. I mean, or the casino. I mean, that's just not a thing. So wait, so they don't serve drinks? You can get tea. <laughs> Oh my do you like tea? Well, what are we gonna do? <laughs> well, so there's fortunately there's a lot of lounges and bars and stuff, and so it it's not like it's a dry city or anything like that. But um, it's just that that part of the culture is just very different in terms of how they do it. And I, I honestly, so I actually haven't tested this, and Han, maybe you have, but if you are sitting at a table and you say, "Give me a beer," what do they do? I have not tested that, but I yeah, let's let's check that out. Let's try that. Well, I will. I will. Because it's interesting. I mean, like, there's definitely, uh, definitely plenty of opportunities to get alcohol, and I found them all when I was there. <laughs> but it, it is that part of this, that culture is very different. The sort of roaming cocktail person through the casino, uh, saying drinks, drinks, drinks. That's that's uh, that's not a thing. So if I had a flask of bourbon, yes, this is my next question. Right, Thank you. and <laughs> you know, let's say I wanted to enhance my tea. Like, how much of a problem would that be? Well, so it's an interesting question because you're going to go through a metal detector to get into the casino. So if you're okay. definitely going to set that off. Will they stop you then and there with that? I don't know if that's a prohibitive. What if item. I brought uh, a plastic flask? Okay, well, then you probably would be good. They do have you know, they do have the metal detectors at all the entrances, and they do check your bags. That's another big difference between Vegas casinos or, I guess, U.S. casinos and... Um, and Macau, all the entry points, they are, you know, checking people through. I mean, it's like the loosest version of airport security, but they basically run you through uh, a metal detector. Or And if you are carrying uh, either like a large purse or a backpack or something, a large bag, they will ask to look at it and maybe tell you that it's too big. I mean, that's also a thing sometimes. You know what's a shame is that if, even if we try this experiment, I won't be able to document any of this either because I can't I can't take a picture in there. Excellent point. That's also another thing is that they prohibit uh, video and photo on the casino floor, and they take that relatively seriously. Not that you can't go and search and find photos taken taken on uh, Macau casino floors. You can, but they make a big deal out of it uh, not being allowed. I know firsthand that they won't let you in with like any kind of like a big nice camera. Um, obviously, everybody has a camera on their phone these days, and that's where most of those photos come from. But um, you know, I wanted to take better photos, and they were like, "No, no, no, no." And so it's interesting that that dynamic is still very much a thing. They uh, they try and lock that stuff down. So yes, there's a, those kinds of differences are are really jump out at you if you're used to you know as you know. When I went there for the first time, my casino experience was mostly formed by Vegas and Atlantic City, you know, and so it was different and fascinating. I found it, I mean, I loved, I loved that it was so different because it was like, this is the coolest thing ever. It's just, it's just, I, I really enjoyed trying to see how different it was, but it's definitely different. Hey Bethany, have you booked anything yet? I'm I'm curious, you know, given your uh, bougie as f af taste, I am I'm very curious as to what you've booked. I have booked so far my flight out there, um, and it's long gone with the 24 hour cancellation, so I'm 100% in. I'm doing uh, <laughs> China Eastern business from JFK to Macau International. Oh wow! Wow! Yes. I flew, so the first time I went, I flew into Macau International, um, not direct from the U.S. We had to stop in uh, Shanghai. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm stopping in Shanghai. Yeah, okay, okay. Macau International is a fascinating little airport. I mean, it's, I say little. It's not tiny. It's not big. Um, but it is really interesting because it's like the runway is like out in the ocean. <laughs> Really? And okay. yeah, I mean, you should look, go, go look at, go like do a Google image search on it or whatever. Like they built this runway out and reclaimed land and it's connected. It's really fascinating little airport. It's cool. Oh, that's very nice. The cool thing about flying, sorry to interrupt. The cool thing about flying into Macau in MFM is you will almost certainly get an incredible view uh, as you're coming in because they kind of circle around as they descend. Okay. And I mean, it's just... It's it's really cool to get to be able to see the city from that vantage point. Wow. Okay. Hey, you, you're not 
you're not having to switch airports in Shanghai, are you? Do you? Or, I, mean, I you're, don't you're, believe so. Okay, um, please don't. I'm doing China Eastern, China Eastern. Yeah, uh, Han is alluding to a problem I had where uh, on our my first trip um, to Macau on the way so I, I also on my first trip to Macau I flew from LAX to Shanghai and to Macau and then back again um, and the trip out was fine um, it was on China Eastern and uh, the trip back though uh, something went wrong and they changed the itinerary so they actually Shanghai has two airports and basically they said your flight was canceled one of your flights was canceled, and so now what we're going to do is we're going to land you at Airport A, and you have to get across the city to get to Airport what? B to get back to the United States, and you have six hours to do it, and so it should be fine. And turns out it was not fine, and I was in Shanghai for three extra days. Oh. Um, but uh, hopefully, I'm sure that won't happen to you. That was a freak, a freak accident or a freak occurrence. Well, everything bad that can happen always happens to me on flights. So. I mean, they call it getting <laughs> shanghaied. <laughs> like, it's not a freak. It's not a freak accident. No, we definitely made that joke, and it was, uh, you know, uh, I mean, at the time, I was semi miserable. I was like, I just want to go home, but it's a good story, and so you know, I, I look back on it with uh, a fond, a fond memory. <laughs> okay. Good to know. So if I get stuck in Shanghai for three days unexpectedly, but the only problem is this is my way out. I don't want to miss you guys. No, right. No, no exactly. Yeah. I, I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, we we transited there through there just fine. I had a, a friend that transited through as well without any difficulty. I think, you know, I just kind of got bad luck on the way back. Right. I also love the idea of not having to go to Hong Kong and then take the six-hour trip to Macau. It's not the six. It's a, it's a, it's a 90-minute ferry ride. Wait, you're over. kidding, right? Everyone told me no. it was six hours. <laughs> No, it's no. if you walk. Well, yeah, if you, no, you, you. Well, it's probably more than ninety minutes how, on the. Field. How fast do you swim? Oh my yeah, god! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so to to get from Hong Kong to Macau, yeah, it's like uh, you know between sixty and ninety minutes on the ferry. Depend. There's a bridge now, which we've talked about a little bit in the past. Uh, I don't think any of us are gonna go that way no. just because it sounds sketchy, but. Yeah, it's it's actually not too bad getting from Hong Kong either either the airport depending on time of day or or from sort of downtown Hong Kong. Oh well, all right, that'll definitely influence the way I go back then. But so you haven't booked any hotels yet, right? Because you just got your focus on the flights, right? And, I have been okay. I've been looking at hotels, but did we know that it was some kind of holiday there? Oh dear God, which one is it? It's some holiday and. Um, somebody mentioned it to me. They said, oh, you know, you're going during, I forget what the holiday was. And I said, that's why the hotels are so much more. If you look at the, um, like, flexible date searches. Uh, okay. I don't you know. You didn't My, see that? I, I've been getting pretty reasonable yeah. prices. I, 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 yeah, I didn't think I rates know. were high either. I don't feel like they're high, you, but they seem higher. Are you coming on the same dates? Are you sure? I will be there. The, were you were you searching were you searching February instead? Because, yeah, February yeah. is Chinese New Year, and that will definitely yeah. screw you up. Um, I don't remember what they said it was, but no, I'm definitely searching the 13th. Um, so of March. Yes, of March. 2019. <laughs> 2019. Okay. All right, just checking. All right. And I've All been right. finding the rates rather reasonable. It's just you know when you see them the week before a little bit cheaper, it's annoying for somebody like me who. Is kind of crazy and, you know, goes out of their well, way to make sure that they're getting the best hotel at the most bang for their buck. And it can be, you know, exhausting. <laughs> I've generally found that I feel like the hotel rates were okay. Obviously, float around a little bit. I think we've talked about this before. One of the hotels I really wanted to stay at is Morpheus, which is new. And they are clearly milking the new factor mm -hmm. because it is expensive AF to stay there. <laughs> it, it, even no matter, like... Even during the week, it was expensive. And I think the way that it ended up, I'm going to end up there on like a Friday. So it was even more expensive. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, I figured I, I'm only going to be there one night. And so it's workable. But I, that was one where I was like, definitely paying the, uh, the new hotel tax. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I have a question. Are you guys all doing that where you're switching hotels? Nobody feels like um, you'd rather just stay one place? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. Previous two trips, the first first trip I went, I think I switched 
either every other day or every day because I I was like I've never I've been thinking about going to Macau for ten years and I wanted to see a lot of the hotels that's part of the fun for me and so I switched up quite a bit and I was by myself I mean I was traveling with friends but I was staying by myself and so you know it was just in, as much of an inconvenience as it was for me as like I could handle it, it was no big deal. And I did a slightly lazier version of that the second time I went. I didn't feel as much like I needed to visit every other, stay in every hotel that I wanted to check out. And this third time, originally my plan was to travel solo and was going to switch more often. And then my wife decided that she wanted to come. And so I changed, changed things up a bit. We're still switching hotels probably more than she would like, but but not as much as I had originally planned. And it is kind of a pain in the ass, but uh, I don't know. It's just, I guess, the way it, the way that uh, we're rolling. Are you, are you thinking you'll uh, set up home base and, and stay there? I'm torn. I really want to stay at MGM Kotai. Is that how you say it? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, I, yes, as far as I know, that's as good of a way to pronounce it as any. <laughs> okay. Um, it looks beautiful. Everyone who's been there has told me that's the place to go. Um, but then I'm also, you know, a traveler, and I want to see, like, the FHR hotels. I'd love to see the uh, the Conrad and the Grand Hyatt. Uh, but at the same time, I have a lot of makeup, a lot of stuff for my hair, a lot of shoes. Moving and, all your stuff. Yeah. It's a pain. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like you said, your wife doesn't really want to, you know, transfer that much. Neither do I. I think it's like a, a woman thing. We have too much shit, you know? No, I, I get it. I get it. My wife's been very gracious in allowing a certain amount of moving around, but uh, yeah, when when she decided that she was coming, I I think I said I should simplify this a little bit <laughs> because uh, just throwing everything into a backpack is uh, a little bit easier for me. I wish. Well, between all of my makeup and hair products, <laughs> um, you know, I could probably. No, I don't have any of those things. There's like four <laughs> Sephora's within like two blocks. I'm sure you could find whatever you I'm, need. I'm, <laughs> Eric, I'm, I'm pretty sure I don't you need. Can borrow it from me. Yeah, I don't. I don't need the hair products, and uh, I'm not going to need the makeup. But I'm. I'm not going to give away the FHR benefits. So that requires switching at least every two days. Yeah. So that's that's my answer. And how is Co- uh, MGM Kotai? Is it as nice as everyone makes it out to seem? Han is the only one that's been there, so Han? he should he should answer that question. Uh, I have not stayed in a room, but I will this time. Okay. Uh, for one night at least, and uh, the property is pretty gorgeous. It's certainly more gorgeous, at least to my mind, than anything in Vegas. Uh, oh wow! So that's a so yeah, even more than Aria, more more than I would say, even more than Bellagio. It depends on you know. Well, Bellagio is showing its age, but. But uh, yeah, I I think you should you should stay there. I think I'm sold. Um, <laughs> it's a nice. I mean, I so I haven't. It was not open the last time I was there. Uh, but I mean, the neighborhood is good, right? So right across the street is Wind Palace, um, and then you're sort of the other across the other street is the City of Dreams complex, and then across the other street is the Kotai Central complex. So that you're kind of right in the middle of everything. And um, I didn't stay at the Kotai property, but I did stay at the. Peninsula MGM property, and I was actually really impressed as a kind of MGM Vegas hater. I was impressed. I thought it was the service was great. The place was super nice. So um, I, you know, expect slash hope slash whatever that the Kotai place will be also pretty awesome. Wow. For that reason, Hunter, I am also staying there for one night as well. So I, I've, I'm going to be jumping around every night and um, staying at the two MGM places. So I am. Effectively, if, uh, you know, uh, supporting Jim Murren. Uh, <laughs> well, at least but, uh, well, 51%. 51%. You mean the guy whose mother thinks he's an asshole? So yeah. do you uh, – maybe Hunter would know or Han. Do, do any of the uh, MGM, M-Life um, loyalty perks, do they matter at all in Macau? Do they recognize that? No. I don't believe so. I think they're entirely separate programs. Um, at least that's what I remember from last time. Things may have changed, uh, but uh, I'm I'm woefully uh, a low status here anyway, so I, I didn't really look into it deeply. Um, My M life status is like dirt, so whatever the or whatever the lowest tier is, and I think I'm trying to remember. I did bring my card 
just just because I brought my like U.S. slot card things. I was just curious if they were going to work. And so I threw them in my bag. I'm like, here's the win one, here's the MGM one. And they di- actually did work. Really? Um, I, I, yeah, I also kind of wanted me to show up in their database. It's like, wait, this guy is like Vegas, and then he just pops up in Macau all the time. I thought it would trigger some kind of confetti out of the ceiling or something. <laughs> didn't happen. But um, I thought that was uh, going to be interesting. And the, that stuff just kind of automatically worked. So there's, there's no reason to believe that it's the same, but I will share – um, I took my U.S. total rewards cards over to the U.K., and they have their own program altogether. And it didn't recognize my cards, but I spoke to a host, and I showed him my card. And they had no problem matching me over to the Seven Stars card in oh. Total Rewards U.K. Mike, nice. I would guess that they'd probably do the same thing, right? I mean, I wouldn't, at least I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, so, Bethany, you're a platinum at MGM? Actually, gold. Ooh, I don't think I can hang mm-hmm. out with you. I know. Oh, oh. wow. All right. Well, <laughs> I know. anyway. I'm going for Cosmo this year. Yeah, but you don't have to play to get the platinum card. Like you. No, but what do you get? Oh. I mean, what am I getting extra? You get to cry in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll see what it gets in Macau. Well, I have diamond now for at least total rewards, so... Mm, soon to be Caesar's rewards. Oh, but that's not even going to matter there, right? Caesar's is yeah. Caesar's is woefully underrepresented in Macau. They have a golf course if you like golf, um, but other than that, you golf, yeah. Good. Well, that's pretty much it as far as uh, Caesar's. They missed the boat on that one and uh, are sad about it still. But yeah, Eric, I'll be very curious if you get status matched in uh, Macau. That'd be awesome. That'd be a good question. Yeah, I'm curious well, to find out. Well, <laughs> we can do it together. Negotiate with the various junket operators, see which one's going to give you a, bet, a better deal. Yeah, yeah, you never know. You never know. The The interesting thing about, um, I, I guess another interesting contrast that uh, might not be obvious to folks that are used to U.S. casinos. You know, in U.S. casinos, of course, there's private gaming rooms. There's, like, basically very, very various gradations of uh, of gaming getting more and more upscale, right? You've got your normal casino floor where all the, all the mongrels hang out. Then you've got, in a lot of casinos, like a, maybe a baccarat room with like a couple of uh, maybe a craft table and three or four black deck tables, which is, you know, nicer, definitely higher limit area, right? And then you have private gaming salons, which are, doors are closed most of the time. You know, people are playing back in the back and you don't ever see those people. But that's square footage wise. The main casino is 95%, 90%, and then everything else is kind of carved off from there. Macau is different. A lot of the high-end gaming takes place behind closed doors. If if you go look at property map for something like Wynn Palace or Wynn Macau, or I mean, really, it's not unique to them. It's everybody. There's huge areas that uh, that are marked for stuff like the junk private junket operator, so you have to be a member of the junket to enter that area. Or um, in the case of like Wynn, for example, they've got the Wynn Chairman's Club. And that's a huge piece of the casino that is basically closed off unless you're a member of that program. So it's it's very different in that way. Obviously, they still have very large public casino areas, but there's a ton of gaming space that is effectively closed unless you are at a certain status level. Interesting. Yeah, it is. It's different. Uh, they, they rope off. And in a lot of cases, it's like sort of the nicest areas, too. Um, but, you know, I guess that's not unique. But uh, it's just a lot of space. So what are the regular table limits like? Let's say you're just sitting down at, you know, blackjack or, and you guys did say they have craps. Yeah, they do. Not everywhere, but um, they do. I played craps at the Venetian and at MGM on the peninsula. um, And I want to say I saw it a couple of other places. It's definitely not as common as it is in Vegas, uh, but it's around for sure. Table limits. I feel like this kind of changes up here and there. Um, everything's in uh, Hong Kong dollars. What were you seeing the last time you were there, Han? Uh, blackjack in the uh, main pit area, say of Venetian, is 300 Hong Kong dollars a hand, which is about, what, 15 16 $17, something like that. Yeah, and then um, I think in Wynn it's a little higher. Uh, City of Dreams was a little higher, like 500 Hong Kong dollars a hand. Uh, you can find really cheap blackjack, but you have to go to the kind of dingier places, which probably I will go to because I'm I'm not too proud. <laughs> um, and you can play a hundred Hong Kong dollars, 
at places like the Sofitel, Pont 16, and and the Oceanus. These are little um, SJM joints on the peninsula. Okay. So, you know, but you know, I, I can show you around and you know, uh, for you know, to find the, those tables if you want. But but three hundred Hong Kong dollars is probably par for the course. That seems fair. That sounds right. And it's just like Vegas, where you know, like the limits change during the day and the weekends are higher and all that kind of thing. So you know. Sorry, I'm, when I said three hundred Hong Kong dollars, it, it's it's that's what that's not that actually forty dollars. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, forty thirty-seven point five. Yep, sorry, forty dollars. I yeah. I was wrong. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Still fair. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, most of the tables are baccarat, um, but there are you know some other games, and there are games that are, I don't know, maybe not unique to the market, but games I hadn't seen before. Uh, we talked about some of them before, like Fantan, oh, which fun. is really weird, but very cool. Yeah. <laughs> yep. At, I've never been... It's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen, uh, with them moving, like, the equivalent of what look like shirt buttons, um, and counting... And these guys standing around the table counting them faster than I could even... I mean, it was just kind of amazing to see how fast they were trying to calculate uh, what the outcome was. And they were counting so fast. Um, it was kind of a mind blower for me. Uh, I am looking forward to uh, checking that out again. That, yeah, that kind of stuff sounds fun. The stuff that you don't normally see and you're yeah. sort of exposed to for the first time. Yeah, there's a lot of that stuff. At least, so I, should, I guess I should just say, at least for me, there was a lot of that stuff. This, the first time I went to Macau was the first time that I had been to... Um, you know, Southeast Asia, and it was uh, it was a fascinating experience. Everything about it, from um, the casino stuff to uh, the culture stuff to everything. I mean, it was just it was um, it was just really different, and that was one of the things that I loved the most about it was just immersing myself in that stuff. I'm really looking forward to hanging out with you guys in in Macau and seeing it through your eyes, Me too. Uh, the first timers. Yeah, I'm 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 really. <laughs> it's gonna be a blast. I can't believe everyone's coming now. It's just like I thought I was gonna go solo, but now, <laughs> now all you guys are gonna be there. This is we awesome. We crashed your trip. <laughs> you were in the inciting event. Hashtag influencer. Ooh, <laughs> nice callback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, well, we've been going for about an hour. Is there anything else that we should cover before we sign off? I want to mention one last thing. Um, Bethany, where, where should we look for these kind of uh, crazy fairs like Cafe Head, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that were insane? There was like this insane first class, business class sale, like what they call a mistake fair. Yep. Like how do, you, how do you find those? Like, like how do you monitor those? How do I monitor them? Definitely not, not well enough. Um, like in the last week, I've booked the Alitalia business class mistake fair the Air New Zealand Mistake Fair and the Grand Hyatt Baja Mar uh, two-bedroom villa, poolside villa for $275 a night. Wow. I booked that too. Yes. Um, and how did I find them? Uh, first was through, I guess it's really just kind of being friends with people who are into this stuff. Um, it's about following people on Twitter. Um, it's about setting, I, I don't know, Han, do you set your own f- uh, flight alerts? Like through Expert Flyer, I'm starting to learn how to do that. But yeah, I, I, I'm, yeah, you can do that. I, I find most of my stuff on Twitter. But I, I didn't know if there was some yeah. magical way that you're, you're doing. Uh, it. Yeah, Twitter is a big one. Um, I follow like God Save the Points, um, Secret Flying, Airfare Watchdog. Is that what they're Airfare called? Airfare Watchdog. Watchdog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. 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 Um, I follow all of them, and then uh, the flight deal as well. Yeah, the flight deal is great. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I just thought that we should mention that because, you know, the, the, you can stumble upon uh, flying flights to uh, Hong Kong uh, in premium uh, cabins that way. And, and uh, I, 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 wish, I wish I had done it that way. Yep. Also, Google uh, Flight Alerts is a big one. Oh, I cool. do that all the time for, like, flights to Europe. And, you know, I regularly get emails saying, you know, your flight went down $150. It's something. How often, in terms of the mistake fair stuff, how often or not do they honor them? I mean, I, I've seen posts from people like, they're honoring this crazy fair. Mm-hmm. Clearly, they're mistakes that someone made, put, put the wrong, you know, forgot a number in the database or whatever. Um, are they most, are they usually honored or do they say, sorry, you guys, we made a mistake? I mean, how does that usually go? Uh, I think it's 50-50 in my experience. 
but, but but you know, if you you book it and they say no, that's that's the worst that can happen. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I, I get it. I'm just I'm just mostly curious, like how often I I, I saw the Cathay thing and they're like, yeah, we're gonna you know we're gonna make good on this and that's cool. But I just wondered how often do they be like, yeah, we made a mistake. Sorry, no. Yeah, no, that definitely happens all the time. A word of warning, though, you do not get the 24 hour cancellation if you book it through any other country other than the U.S. Oh, that's right. right. So I booked four flights for Alitalia for my cousin and myself, and I called to cancel one of them, and they said, no, it's only the U.S. (laughs) I said, oops. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Luckily, luckily it was only $500, but um, it could have been much worse. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So just be careful. Hey, Bethany, anybody who wants to follow you and your writing, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Bethany ATMTM. So Bethany at MTM. You can find me on Instagram, Bethany R. Walsh. And you can also follow me at milestomemories.com where I am a part-time contributor to the blog. Excellent. We'll stick that in the notes for the show awesome. as well. So people can find that easily. Uh, well, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us. Thank this you for was having me, fun. guys. No, it's our pleasure. We'll see you in a few weeks. All right, cool. I know, <laughs> yeah. right? It's right yeah. around the corner. Yeah. All right. Um, well, thanks, everybody. Have a uh, hope everybody enjoyed the show. And uh, we'll be back uh, someday with episode 22,312. I think that's the next one. All right. <laughs> Good to talk to you guys. Um, we'll see right, you guys. Do well. Bye. 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 Bye.